Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you, and it is finally kickoff weekend. The Colts-Jaguars matchup this week at TIAA Bank Field is presented by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. Today, the build-up to the highly anticipated kickoff to the 2020 Jaguars season, including a look at the opponent, the Indianapolis Colts, as longtime Colts beat writer Mike Chappell explains the impact expected from Phillip Rivers. Undrafted rookie running back James Robinson is trying to make an early impression. Plus, Pro Bowl defensive end Josh Allen gets emotional about being voted a captain and what it means to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. Let's start back on Monday on Jaguars Happy Hour in the afternoon with Pete Prisco, Tony Vaselli, and yours truly when we reacted to an earlier Doug Marone thought about this 2020 Jaguars team handling adversity. It's like the communication, you know what I'm saying, with, with the players. I, I think when people on the outside are thinking, what, what, the, what does that mean? You know, the, the talk for, for the players, the rallying for the players, the team-first attitude um, that you have, I think that you know that that's exciting because you know you 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 feel that there's some years you go in and you're like okay if we hit adversity which way are we going to go you know and and you really don't know until you hit it uh, but this team I feel very confident in in handling any type of adversity Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. That's Doug Marone today after practice. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli, And just hearing from Doug there, too, he sounds confident that, and as he said, that adversity is going to come for this team, but he's confident this group can handle adversity. Tony, what does he mean by that, the adversity part? Um, yeah, it, it's different for every team. It depends on the year, really, uh, frankly, because it could be a – a tough loss it could be a guy getting a bad injury to one of your key guys. It could be, um, you know, anything like that. Maybe it's an off the field issue that you don't expect that comes in, you know, that happens. And like, how does the team go? You lose a couple in a row. Um, you know, so those are all moments of adversity that are going to happen during the year. And how you, how you handle it as a team. We'll say a lot about the locker room and kind of you know where, where you're going to end up. But I think what Doug's saying is um, every team has its own personality, and you know sometimes like it's on the edge, and like is this team going to stick together when it's not going well? So like we used to call those like there's teams that are front runners. Like a front running team is like when it's going good for them, like everything is going good, and they're going to be good, and they're going to be rolling, and they're going to be high fiving and, and making things happen. Um, but at the first sign of something going wrong and not going their way, it falls apart. And those are front runners. And you don't well, that's like a perfect you're you're just you're perfectly describing the 2017-2018 Jaguars. Yeah, like eighteen, I think they were front runners because like right. like, like when everything went their way, like everything in seventeen went their way. And so like Correct. they were rolling and and they were kind of a little bit the other. And they were fun, and they were loose, and they say yeah. things. Every and then when it didn't go their way, then they became problems. That's right. And then like in seven, you get to eighteen, and like they were hot and they were rolling early, but you could kind of see some things in the training camp, a little bickering, and some things started happening. But you know what? They came out. They were three and one. They're rolling, and then they go face the Chiefs. And they get it handed to them, and all of a sudden you hear beep, 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 a little chirping back and forth, and like it starts falling apart. And that team fell apart because they were front runners. The full archive of all happy hour shows available on the official Jags Podcast Network or the podcast page on Jaguars.com.
There, of course, has been plenty of change at the running back position over the last couple weeks. Leonard Fournette is long gone, and the final cut to 53 included three running backs, eight-year pro Chris Thompson, second-year pro Divino Zigbo, and undrafted rookie James Robinson. Another undrafted rookie, Nathan Cottrell, made the practice squad. And then later in the week, Ozigbo went down with a hamstring injury and was placed on injured reserve. The Jags ended up signing veteran Dare Ogunbowale off the street. Well, the undrafted Robinson debuted as the first string running back on the first unofficial depth chart of the year. He joined Ashwin Sullivan on Instagram Live this week and talked through the praise he's received from his teammates. So Chris Thompson, I was reading a press conference a couple weeks ago, and he was telling us about how your vision is amazing. And he kept talking about your vision as a running back. What exactly does that mean? And why do all the running backs in the room keep talking about that regarding you? As a running back, you need to have vision. Uh, so, I mean, there can be a hole there that you think's there, but it's not there. And then there can be a hole right next to the side of that one that you need to hit. And I think, for me, being patient helps with that. And I think a lot of guys in the room have great vision as well. But um, for them to say that about me is pretty great because I always felt like I had great vision. And I just try to use that a lot. And uh, the holes that I've been hitting – I feel like when I watch film, I even ask myself, how did I get through that? I think it's just like a, you have to go into into the play thinking that the hole can be anywhere. You just got to get to it. Mm-hmm. They definitely seem to be hyping you up. And just as a whole, like teammates, I mean, Gardner Minshew was hyping you up today or tweeting about you, like I mentioned. Do you listen to all of this, like going into Sunday thinking, dang, like I'm here, I've done it. Are you trying to to block out the noise? Um, I usually block out the noise, obviously. Um, I would say when I hear about things, it comes from my mom or my girlfriend. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, my mom blows me up about all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I just block it out, though. Your mom, like, sends you articles and stuff with you in it? Yeah, yeah, all the time. She (laughs) she posts everything. I love that. On Facebook, of course? Yeah, Facebook and Instagram as well. The mom sphere, Facebook. Always got to brag on your kid on Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) Look for player conversations with Ashlyn each week on the Jaguars Instagram page on Instagram Live. We stay on offense Wednesday afternoon, but we get into the trenches. And for the most veteran starting position group in the entire team, the Jaguars offensive line. They have two seventh-year players, a sixth-year player, a fourth-year left tackle, and a second-year right tackle in the starting lineup. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks, John Osier, and I discussed what this group means for offensive coordinator Jay Gruden on Wednesday's Happy Hour. We can talk about, and we have, and we will, I'm sure at some point, the all the playmakers that could be on this Jaguars offense, from Chark to Eifert to uh, LaVisca Chenault, uh, just leaving a bunch of guys out, obviously, uh, running back by committee. Um, you've got Gardner Minshew who has to trigger all that. But real, I, I think Bucky the and John, I think you and I on the practice field today talked about this for a moment as we watched the offensive line. It really starts there with the veteran five guys up front. They're all back from last year, Bucky. And if those guys are playing well, then it sets up everything else on the offense for, for Jay Gruden. It absolutely sets up everything. The offensive line is where it has to be done. We've had plenty of conversations throughout the offseason about Cam Robinson and is Cam ready. And I think he is the one that really makes it go. Thinking about your left tackle, the guy that is your blindside protector, if he is able to hold up in one-on-ones and give Garner Minshew opportunities to throw without being under pressure, that helps. But really, it's about the running game. And I know we don't anticipate 
the Jaguars having a bell cow runner. They're going to spread the carries out. But the best thing that they can do to help the offensive line is find a way to run the ball. The offensive line is always better when it's going forward as opposed to backpedaling. If they can run the ball at the point of attack, Andrew Norville, A.J. Can, those guys, it gives them an opportunity to dictate the terms. That makes the conditions favorable for Garner Minshew to have success. Yeah, and it strikes me, J.P., that maybe this is where there's the biggest disconnect between the fans and the team, meaning when fans say, oh, they're tanking, what are they doing? Um, how could, you know, fans believe that Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell are absolutely lying to them. They think that Dave and Doug think this team's going to be terrible. And I don't get that impression from talking to them. And I think the biggest reason why they've invested in this offensive line as a team, seventh year Norwell, seventh year Linder, sixth year Cam, fourth year uh, Cam Robinson. For this team, that's a really veteran line. And if you wanted to tank, you'd have cut Linder. If you wanted to tank, mm-hmm. you'd have cut Norwell. They could have cut those guys. So that's where they believe that they're a good NFL team. You know, most teams that are horrible have horrible offensive lines because they, they can't protect the quarterback. There's fumbles. It's a mess. You can't control anything on, on offense. If they're right and the offensive line makes the jump and is a solid unit and acknowledges really, really good, then maybe they can function offensively enough to be a legitimate contending team. That's where they're, you know, that's what they're hanging their hats on. And fans don't get that because of this widespread belief that the offensive line's terrible. Whoever's right on that may be the key to figuring out where this season's going. JP, it's really important that we understand there's a part of that, that interior line that is very experienced. Being able to control the point of attack is so critical. If they can run the ball, slow the game down, limit the possessions, I think that's the way that they have to play. They want the game to have fewer possessions, not more possessions, given the firepower and some of the defensive struggles. Jaguars Happy Hour airs Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday on the Jags social channels with the Monday and Thursday show on 1010XL AM radio in Jacksonville. When we return, a longtime Colts beat writer explains what the addition of Phillip Rivers can do in Indianapolis. Plus, defensive end Josh Allen, excited to represent the Jaguars as a team captain. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And this season, the Jaguars are launching Predictive Gaming exclusively in the Jaguars mobile app. Choose a bingo card, pick your favorite three players, and place wagers to win prizes. Check the games out now in the Jaguars mobile app. Now back to football, and we'll get back to the Jaguars in just a moment. Let's take a look at this week's opponent, the division rival Indianapolis Colts. They had a top 10 rushing offense a year ago to go with a defense with talented young players, but added to the mix this year, veteran defensive tackle DeForest Buckner, who they gave up a first-round pick to get in a trade, and future Hall of Fame quarterback Phillip Rivers, who's in on a one-year deal. 
On Jags Drive Time Tuesday morning, Ashlyn Sullivan, John Ozier, and Brian Sexton caught up with longtime Colts beat writer with the Indianapolis Star, now with Fox 59 Television, Mike Chappell, for some insight to what the addition of the veteran quarterback means for Indy. How has he looked in camp? What are you expecting from him? I mean, he is the overarching biggest question. He, he is. They made a lot of moves in the offseason, but, but the one that's going to have the biggest impact is Phillip Rivers. Is he the 2018 version when he was – you know, top top five, top six in the league, or was it last year when he had 23 touchdowns, 20 inter- interceptions, and, and they went, what was it, five and 11? So, and and he's 38. I mean, quarterbacks, unless you're Tom Brady or Drew Brees, you you don't continue to play at this level generally. So, uh, so much of what they want to do and think they can do depends on which Philip Rivers they've gotten. You know, Mike, the Colts had a pretty strong personality with guys like Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard. And now you bring Phillip Rivers in, who's always been the personality of that Chargers team. How's it been from a locker room standpoint? Is he, and quarterbacks are always the leader, obviously, but has he had to step in and give this team a shot of his own personality, or has he just fit in? Well, I, th- I think he does that just by his personality. One thing that's kind of notable is that he was voted one of the team captains by the players. This is this wasn't a coaching decision, so it tells you right away that, and this is on top of no off-season work as far as hands hands-on together. This was virtual, so they've sort of seen early on what he's meant to him, what he brings, and anyone who's watched Rivers play, he, he just brings enthusiasm. He was asked about playing, you know, in front of stadiums where there won't be a lot of fans. He said, "I'm a guy that would play in the backyard with no one around." Yeah. So. Uh, he, he, he is what he, he so far he appears to be what he's been. We'll see if that's what, what it is in the field again because this team needs him to do more than Jacoby Brissett didn't do last year. If he does, they're a, they're a playoff quality team. Jags Drive Time airs Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings on Jaguars social channels. The Doug Marone Show airs each Thursday afternoon on the Jaguars Radio Network. And obviously with the changes in the preseason and plenty of new faces around TIAA Bankfield, it could change the way coaches learn about their players and how they could perform on game day, especially when it comes to rotations during games. Doug Marone explained. How do you figure out rotations and, and, and reps during a game? Is that a feel thing or is that something you can acquire as time goes on and and how as a head coach do you help with that process? I think going in, every, you know, every going into these games, you have a plan. I think it's easier the way I look at it. On the offensive side, you can, you know, sometimes you're going to run certain plays. You want certain players in certain positions with the players that rotate, whether it be running back, tight end, or receivers, right? Those are the players that are rotating. So, you know, you can implement, you know, um, those plays in, in um, those personnel groups in your calls. Um, you can do a little bit of that on defense, you know what I'm saying, when you're going with rush calls or things of that nature, third down. But I think really the, the flow of the game, you know, you have a plan for, you know, what you think a player can do. Uh, you're getting that plan through practice right now where you don't have the preseason. The players that you've had before, you know, you, you should have a good feel for, you know, you know, how they play and what their rotation is. Uh, but sometimes the new players, that, that creates a little bit of a challenge. I think, like I said, you know, I, I've, I've been with some coaches, older coaches that, you know, really mastered that art, you know, of, of, and the art is, you know, what's the right amount of plays, what's the right amount of time 
for those players to be at their, their highest level of production. So those are the things that you look at. And the other thing that I think throws a wrench in it sometimes, and, it, and you get this question a lot when you're the head coach up at the podium is, you know, hey, it was a big third down and, and you didn't have your best pass rusher in there. Um, you know, sometimes if that pass rusher has been in six or seven plays and maybe you've gone too far and you, you didn't look ahead to know that, hey, this situation may come, come up, um, you know, that that's where, you know, you obviously you want that player in there, but you want him in there at a level where he can, you know, go in there and be effective and produce. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of things that go into that. And um, it's a plan, it's a, a plan that you have to be ready to adjust to. And then um, it's a plan of, of really a, 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 a sometimes just some guys just have a great feel for when those players should be in there. So we try to make sure we have all, all three of those things going into it. Interesting thoughts there from a head coach's perspective. Well, one guy that was in a rotation last year, but I think has established himself after a Pro Bowl rookie campaign is defensive end Josh Allen. He was among eight players voted as captains this week, and his social media response after some former Jaguars took some shots online to the organization got Allen fired up to be a Jaguar. I was a little surprised, but then it was... You know, then it was like not surprising because I, like I said, I can just do what I can do. Uh, I pride myself on being a competitor, working hard, showing my teammates that I am a guy that you can depend on. And I guess my teammates saw that and uh, they put trust in myself in uh, being a guy that they can follow and and someone that can actually, you know, that, that wants best for them and best and that wants best for the team. So, man, I was excited. Uh, when I got home and I was telling my wife, man, how excited I was. And I was telling my mother how excited I was. And it was just a blessing, uh, that first day. Now it's, uh, it's, it's, um, just got to hold it with pride now, man. And just, and just really put that work in for them boys. And I want them to trust me that I that I'm going to be there every play, uh, no matter what. And, uh, just execute the calls and execute everything. Earlier this week, you said on social media that, you're glad to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. What is it about this city and maybe this year's team that gives you that excitement? When I'm when I'm personally when I'm all in, I'm all in. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars took a chance on on me, uh, picking me up at seven. So I knew once then I'm gonna be I'm gonna do my all just to bring that standard back high and uh, bring this team success. And that's just something I pride myself on. And just the way you know guys you know leave and not feel that way about the team uh giving them an opportunity just kind of you know puts me in a in a bad spot because not a lot of players get to be not a lot of people in this world get to have opportunity like we have and just having an opportunity for this team to come pick you up is a blessing and all i'm gonna try to put everything i can to this organization uh to bring to to give higher standards uh i want the city to know that they have a guy that's passionate about this team that's passionate about this city and it's passing by all these teammates, coaches, and everybody included. Like I said, I'm all in, man, and uh, and I feel like my teammates know that. And I uh, hope Jackson, hope Duval knows that. And uh, man, hopefully, I can be here for a very long time and and change this and ch- help change the the franchise now, next year, three years, ten years, who knows how long. But I just want to leave a big impact on the city, and uh, that's what I want to be remembered as. You've got to love hearing that if you're a Jaguars fan. Put the franchise on his shoulders and let's go for a ride. Love it. 
A lot to remember this week. Tickets are available in pods for Sunday's game. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets for all the info. And for all the health protocols and what the Jags have done to make TIAA Bank Field safe this year, visit jaguars.com slash stadium. And remember, tailgating is discouraged, and you must wear your mask at all times in the seating bowl when not actively eating or drinking. And if you can't make it to the stadium, there's a new way to enjoy game day this year. The Jags have introduced Jags at Home, an interactive second screen experience on Jags game days featuring Ashlyn Sullivan and Eric Dunn. Each Sunday, you'll have the chance to win $10,000 in cash and prizes. Visit jagsathome.com for more information on how you can play. And then to radio, we'll be on the air at 10 o'clock in the morning with the Public's Tailgate Show on 1010XL, followed at noon on the Jaguars radio network with Countdown to Kickoff. And then the Jags open the 2020 regular season at 1 o'clock against the division rival Indianapolis Colts. Hope to see you there. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game this Sunday, and thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and that's all for this week. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.